Okay, so we're starting three lines from the bottom of the page, um, from the third to last line, and we decommitarates Rav Ada Bar Ava Alibad So the Gemara is saying, well, one of the people who just said this answer was Rav Ada Bar Ava. And he's saying that our Mishnah, both sides, Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Kiva, both agree with Rabbi Yehuda's position, which is basically that you're only allowed to use for your fuel, for wood, for a fire, something that is an actual full-fledged kli, a vessel. So in other words, I have a wooden bowl that I got as a gift I have no interest in. So I could just throw it in. It's not mukta because I know it's a bowl, right? So it's not mukta. I could use it as my firewood on Yom Tov. It's perfectly fine. But... If I have a wooden bowl that broke on Yom Tif, and now I want to use that, that's problematic because it's a, it's a no-lot. Now, the fact that he's saying that both sides are going like Rabbi Yudah, Shema does not really tell us that Rav Adabrava holds like Rabbi Yudah. Problem is, and we Amar Rav Adabrava, Rav Adabrava does not hold like Rabbi Yudah. But Amar Rav Adabrava, Rav Adabrava says, Nachri Shechokak Kav Bibikas Yisrael, if you have on Yom Tov, a Gentile took a block of wood and he made it into a container, basically, Mesika Biyamtiv, you can use it as a fuel, as a, your wood for Yom Tov. Why would I be allowed to do that? If I'm my Nolidhu, isn't it a Nolad? He made it into a vessel. That, but he made it on Yom Tov into a vessel. It's a Nolad. I shouldn't be allowed to use it as my firewood. So the Gemara answers. Don't know. He was not coming to say his own position. He was coming to explain the Mishnah, how it makes sense according to Rabbi Yezim and Rabbi Kiva. But he personally disagrees. He holds, not like Rabbi Yudu, he holds like Rabbi Shimon, that there's an as strict a limitation on uh, you know, less muksa questions according to Rabbi Shimon, and that's how he holds. Okay. That's one answer. Okay. So far, we have one explanation for the Mishnah's machlokas between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Kiva. Comes along Rava, Rava Amar, third line. Hainu time to Rabbi Yezer. This is the reason Rabbi Yezer. Lefi she'ein madlikin bepsila she'einam mechurachas. You are not allowed to light with a wick that's not pre-singed. Okay, it has to be pre-singed. Velo bismartutin she'ein mechurachin, and you can't use rags. As your wick, that's not singed. The idea being, Rashi uh, clarifies that what this has to do with is basically it doesn't light as easily unless it's singed. And this is a general Shabbos idea that you want to make it an easier thing to light. It shouldn't take too long. You want to save time and therefore it needs to be pre-singed. And that's the issue. Okay. That's what their machlokas is. Now, if you're going to say that they're arguing about that, then it has nothing to do with three by three exactly. So then, what is the quote that Rabbi Yosef said? I heard somewhere about this requirement of exactly three fingers by three fingers to an to a exact amount. And, in, uh, and it's not referring to this now. So now we're back to that question. What was it referring to? The answer is in Tomah. It was relevant for Tomah. Because we learned in the Mishnah. Gimel and Gimel Sha'amru. Those three, that three by three, three fingers by three fingers. Chutz min hamalal. That's the three fingers by three fingers besides for the rough edges. Because those rough edges, you fold under. You know, I mean, it's three by three. After the fold, it's three by three. But you can't, what you fold down, 
to make it look like a neat thing. So that's the that's the requirement for three by three. You don't count the part that's con- that the that the tailor would typically fold down into the in, into the garment that you're trying to fix up. Okay, so it'll have a neat edge. So the Gemara answers. Um, uh, that's Reb Shimon's opinion. So we're talking about exactly three by three, and you're right. After you fold it down, it's going to be a little less than three by three, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. It's still a patch if it's the size of three by three, which really answers the question. I don't know if you remember yesterday, um, there was a question on um, what uh, two days ago about the patch. Somebody asked about. Uh, you know, how do we deal with the, the edges of the patch? Well, this Gemara is actually explaining that. Okay. Next. Amar of Yuda, Amar Rav. New thing. Masikim bekelim, ebeim masikim bekelim. So, Rav Yuda says in the name of Rav, Paskins, that when it comes to lighting on, on Yom Tif, you can use a finished product vessel that's, even though it's... Even though it's a kli, but I can put it for my wood. But broken kalim, that's a nolad, that you can't do. That's Reb Yudah's position. Reb Shimon Matir. And Reb Shimon says it's allowed. Mesikim bitmarim. You can use dates that are regular dates. You want to use it as your fuel. Fine. Throw in the dates. Achlan, if you ate the dates, and now I want to use the Pits of the dates in Masika Magarinan. I can't use the pits as my fuel. That's review the Shita. Because that's like a Nolad. From Shimon Mati, Shimon says it's okay. Masika in Begosam, I can use walnuts as my fuel. Achlam, but if I ate the meat out of them and now I just have the shell, in Masika Miklibosea, now I can't use the shell. Divrei review, that's review the Shita. From Shimon Mati, review Shimon Mati. So Rabbi Yudah said in the Rav, these three, the three machloksim of Rabbi Shimon on one side and Rabbi Yudah on the other. Now, why do they have to argue all three times? Well, tzricha, it's necessary because I couldn't derive one from the other. Why? De'i ashmin and kamais, if you just say case A, ba'ikam Rabbi Yudah, that's where Rabbi Yudah sticks to his position that it's a problem. Mishum timei kori there was a huge change. It started out as a vessel, and now it's a broken vessel. It's like a new thing. That's a real new status that wasn't there before. Avalei nolad, it's a nolad, va'asar, and therefore it's muksa. Aval tamarin, but a date, to make karagarin and vashtgarinin. This pit wasn't like it wasn't there before. It was perfectly there. It was just covered by food, so it had a use as the food. You ate the food, and now the pit is the, is, is, was hidden underneath. Maybe Rabbi Yehuda would not consider them nolad. So that's why I need the pot, need the machlokas there too. If you just say the pit case, that's because, yeah, there was a pit there, but it was completely covered by the date. And now you see it, so it's like it's, something, it's also considered something new. Avoklipia goes in, but when you look at the walnut shell, the shell was visible from before, and now it's visible. So maybe that would be even better, according to review, than say, you know what, maybe this is okay. So Tzricha, that's why I need all three cases to tell you that Rab, in all three cases, Rabbi Yehuda says it's Moksa, 
and not allowed to be used as your fuel after they're separated, only when they're fully intact. And Rab Shimon says it's all okay. Now, Rav did not talk about this um, explicitly, but rather it was uh, it talked about Michlala. Okay. It was a it was a, derived from something else that Rav said. Uh, here's what happened. Rav ate dates. This is on a regular weekday. He was eating dates. And he threw the dates into the fire as a fuel. told him, that same action on Yantav is forbidding. So we understood from that that Rav held that it was like his uncle, Rav Chia. So the Gemara says, is that clear? Does he accept his uncle's ruling or not? So Tashma Kamenir proof. Here's the story. Rav came to Babylonia. He came to uh, Babel and he was eating dates in Babel in Babylonia, and he threw the pits to the animals to eat. My lab, aren't we talking about he was eating the high-end date, the good hush of a date, um, and, and, when he, and the dates were fully ripened, and if they're fully ripened, they easily come off the pit, and there's none left on the pit, on the, um, the date pit, and what he fed the animals was just the, the pit, and it was on, you know, and if it was mukta, that would be a problem. Okay? So, uh, it must be that he obviously disagreed with his uncle. So, um, and he did not accept his uncle's ruling. Lo, not true. The Armiyasa, we're talking about the unripe dates, where it, if, since if you eat them, even though you get off some of the food, but there's still some good food that's stuck on the dates. Since there's still some meat on the date pit that he threw to the animals. It maintained the status of not mukta because it had some value to it, and therefore it wasn't mukta. Okay, so it doesn't prove that he did not agree with him. Okay, So Shmuel Bar says to Rav Yosef, Let's go to Rabbi Huda. He said that you can use kalim, a full-fledged vessel, but not a broken vessel. Kivin the Adlik Buporta. Problem is this. So what happens? I put, let's say, uh, like a, a bowl, a wooden bowl that I have no use for, and I'm cold, and I would need a fire, so I put it into my fireplace and start burning it. So what's happening? How as soon as it's burned a little bit, it adlik buporta, little it lit up a little. How will it shiver kalim? Right now it's gonna be shiver kalim, it's broken kalim. Okay. Problem is, is that anyone who's you know dealt with the fire knows that you gotta keep stoking it. You gotta turn the wood to make sure that it stays uh, that it stays around and it's still able to go well. So you're and if how's it gonna be able to turn the wood? The wood is now shivrei kalim. They're mukta. So I understand he had a right to put it there, the bowl, because it was a fully intact bowl. It wasn't mukta. But now that it's burnt a little bit, it's mukta. How am I able to turn it? That's the kasha. The answer is, could the, there's a, there is a trick. The oven could Rav Masna. They did like Rav Masna says. What? The Amar Rav Masna, Amar Rav. 
But Mas says in the name of Rav, Eitzim shenashu menateka. If you have wood that fell off from the palm tree, lit honor, and it fell right into your oven. The oven was below, beneath the palm tree. Wood, fell, wood branch fell in now. It's a piece of wood because it fell off on Yomtif. Be Yomtif. What do you do? How, am I, how do I deal with the muktza? Marba etzimuchanim umasikan. As long as you put wood that was prepared wood and let that be the rove, and then you can deal with the rove and not worry about the minority. So the same trick you could do over here. Yes, it's true that you use the fuel as a keli, now it's a shever cleave, which is muktza. But if you have more wood that's prepared and it's mixed together, so then you can deal with it as the majority is, is fine. And that's the idea. Okay. That's one answer. Rav, Rav Hamnuna Amr. Now, moving on back to our original question. Remember, this was all Rava who's saying that, uh, I, I mean, that was, we, we sort of got sidetracked a little bit into this Masik and Mikhailim question. Um, thinking that that had to do with what the machlokis between Reb Leiz and Reb Kiva is. And we saw that was one answer, Reb Adabar Ava. We saw Rav offer something else. And now Rav Amnuna is saying, And we're talking about a piece of garment that's less than three tfachim by three tfachim, three hambas by three hambas. And what's going on? And we're talking about the leniencies related to matlanios to shmatas, basically. Okay? Well, now what's going on? Okay? This is Rebbe consistent opinion. And Rebbe consistent opinion. In other words, what's going on over here is that we're lighting a wick from, uh, from uh, material that is less than three handbreaths by three handbreaths, and it's a question of machlokas whether you consider this a kli or not a kli, and it's the old shmata question. Okay, so what is that? What is it, machlokas? Ditanan, as we learned in the Mishnah, pachos mishlosha shlosha. You have a rag that's less than three handbreaths by three handbreaths. So if it's three handbreaths by three handbreaths, that's like a full fledged garment. This is smaller than that. And what are But what do I use it for? Oh, it's my bath stopper. Okay. Well, that's an important use, right? They roll it up into a wad and stick it in to keep the water from draining. What else do they do with it? Let's say the pot needs shaking. Um, and you know, you need a you need some gloves to take to hold it. So um uh, so basically, so so that you, you, it's a rag. It's perfect for that. You know, you can help turn the pot with uh, if you hold on to it. The rag. Oh, you also use it. What else do you use shmatas for? To clean out the ovens. Okay. says they're all considered kalim, whether they're from the prepared pile of rags. Or from the non-prepared pile of rags, we'll define that soon. Rabbi Shulmer, Rabbi Shul says no. It doesn't matter whether it's from the prepared or non-prepared; they're all not considered kalim. They're not mekabel toma. 
They're shmatis. It's not mekabotama. Okay. Rabbi Kiva Omer minamuchan tamei shalom minamuchan tar. Rabbi Kiva splits. He says if it's from the prepared pile, then it's a vest. Then it's useful. Then it's a tool, and it's tamei. But if it was not from the pile, so from, from non-prepared pile, then it's tar. What is this prepared? What is not prepared? Everyone agrees to this. We have an old t-shirt, less than three by three. You throw it in the garbage. There's no question. Everyone knows that's not a kli at all. Okay, nothing to call if you put it in your box, okay, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know about anybody else's house, but in my house, I have a shelf where the old rags go when, and use it for rags. That's hinichu bekufsa. It's in a box for that purpose. That everybody will agree to me. Okay. Um, it's, uh, we got hung on like a little hook. Or you put it, you threw it behind the door, out of sight. Now, the problem is you didn't put it in a way that indicates that you really want to keep it, but then again, you didn't really put it in, in a place where you're ready, you actually are throwing it out. So it's like sort of in between, and that's the machlokas. Anytime it didn't make it to the garbage dump, Daiti iluye. It means that you might have a mind, you have a mind that you're going to use it. It stays as a keli. Oh my, karile shalom and amuchan. What does it mean? Shalom and amuchan. Delagabe kufsa lamuchanu. It's not quite in the box. Okay, you didn't put it in the box. You put it in a more perfunctory manner. You just uh, hang out. So you're know, behind the door. So therefore, it's not muchan so much, but it's still not thrown out. So therefore, it's a keli. And it's tummy, it's subject to tumma. Not tummy innately, innately, but it still can convert, contract tumma. For Bishu Savar, Rabishu's position is The rule is this if I don't put it in my shmata box, then my intent is my intent is to throw it out. I I didn't go to the garbage dump, okay. It's a cash on my side. I'm not I didn't I didn't throw things out there yet. But the bottom line is it's bottle if it's not in the shmata box. My curly muchan, what does it mean muchan? Till gabi ashba muchanu. It's still muchan vis a vis the garbage heap. Okay? It's not fully enomina muchan. Um, okay, now Rabbi Kiva, he says, actually depends. He agrees with Rabbi Yezer when it's hung on the hook that they hang, you know, that gets hung on. Because that sort of indicates that you really, you know, thinking you might use it. Um, but when you dump it behind the door, he says that's sort of on the way out to the garbage, he thinks, and that's where he splits it, basically. It depends which place you put it. If you put it on the hook, then you plan on possibly keeping it. It's a keli. It's a, a second to the box. It didn't make it to the box yet, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's enough to be considered a keli. But if you throw behind the door, that's not enough. It's like, that's how he splits it. And that's the machlokas here. And what happened? And then Rabbi Kiva decided that, you know what, I'm not splitting it. I'm just going to go through Rabbi on this. Anytime I didn't make it into the box, it's for garbage. And therefore, it's not a keli and it's not a kabbal and those are, And that's what the machlokas is. 
So the Gemara says, Bimai, how do you know? Um, Look at the words. It says, Psilas Abeged, a, a wick from garment. My ear did Tony Psilas Abeged. Listen, Psilas Shell Beged, a wick for, of garment, of material. My Psilas Habeged, that Dayan Beged, who it's actually still a garment. And that's the whole Machlokas. Meaning, um, it was folded off of a garment, and um, and it, it, that's the, and that's the idea, and that was you know was meant. And the question is, that's why, um, and that's what the machlokis is dependent on, whether it will you know whether Reb Liezer says you can't use it as your wick, unless it's been pre singed, and according to Reb Kiva, it's fine. Anyway, that was that dispute, and that's the bottom line. So um, that's the end of Hilchas Shmata. Okay. Brings us to the new Mishnah. Lo yikov adam feres shol beitza. person cannot take a, an egg, okay, the, 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 the tube of an egg. We'll see what, what, what exactly you're doing here. The shell of the egg. V'yamalena shemen, and you fill it with oil. V'yatinen al pianer, and you place it Right on top of the wick, of the candle, basically the, my what what's going on over here is is that I have, I need I want the light to last pretty long, but I realize that um, that the 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 container that I have doesn't hold that much fuel, and um, it's just too small to really last very long, so I did an, an ingenious contraption here. Is that what I'm doing? Is is that I filled an eggshell, cr- cracked a tiny hole in the bottom of the eggshell, and as you know, it's not going to come out, drain out. It's going to slowly drip into the container underneath. And this way, even though right now the, my container is full, but it's the, the fuel is, is being burnt as, we, as time goes on, well, since I have a lit candle in it, and it's slowly, surely going to it'll drip in as it gets used up, and it'll, have, and it'll last me some extra time. So that's the what I'm trying to do. I'm not allowed to do that, says the Mishnah. Okay, lo yikov adam shvafer shal beitz of yemalena shemen v'yitnen al pianer b'shvil shetayim and atavas with the intent that it should drip in v'afilu shal cheres. And it doesn't matter if it's not if it's an eggshell or if it's earthenware. It doesn't matter what my dripping contraption is. It's still a problem. Rabbi Yudah Matar Rabbi says it is okay. Aval motor. If it was built that way, meaning there, it's an, it's not just a loose thing, but it's an attached entity. So it's attached one to the other. That's motor That's a single vessel. It's a utensil. That's how it's built now, and therefore it's okay. Now next, adam shel A person cannot fill up a plate of oil. And put it next to the candle, and basically put a wick in it, with the intent that it'll draw more oil from the plate. Rabbi Yudamata says that also is allowed. Okay. Now, what is the Chiddush in these two cases? It's necessary. Why? If you talk about the eggshell, that's where the rabbis stick to their position and say, 
uh, what, that it's not allowed, not acceptable. The kavin isa because the eggshell doesn't get root, it doesn't get disgusting. Asilis tepukimine, you may come to use that oil, and that's the problem. This oil that since it's separate, you're going to come to help yourself to some oil, and that's the oil that's now th- this flame is not going to last as long as it was gonna. But if it's earthenware, Timisa where it gets you know, disgusting. So maybe they'll agree with Rebuta, there's less of a concern now because it got the, the earthenware usually gets you know gets ruined. And will make the oil not want to use you're not gonna put that oil in your salad. Kamashmulan that they still argue. Now, if it's just the Cheres case, welcome Rebuda. Maybe that's where Rebuda says it's okay because it's because it's nobody's going to take that oil. Ava Bahi, but in the eggshell, Emamodulilarapanami will greet to the rabbis. Vyeshminachtar, if it would just say these two cases, Bahani Kamar Rebuda, that's where Rebuda says position, Mishom, the Lomifsek, because it's not, um, <clears throat> because there's no separation, okay? Um, that's maybe right because it's there. It's it's still considered a single contraption, perhaps. But a platter, maybe he'll agree to the rabbis over there because now it's like in a completely separate plate. So that's maybe a concern that maybe people will help themselves to that oil that's in the separate plate, and that's maybe worse. If we would just say that one of the plate, but he coming up on maybe that's where the rabbis have their opinion. Abani Tati maybe they'll agree to the Rebuta therefore we had to tell you all of these three cases to tell you how far Rebuta is going to allow, even in the case of the platter, and how far is the Rabbanon going to be strict, even in the earthenware case. Okay. But if it was built that way, meaning the person who made this made it that way that the oil you know drips in, etc. Just as a shtick, sort of. So then it's mutter. Tana imchibra b'sid uvecharasis mutter. Well, if it was plastered on or, you know, built with earthenware together, then it's mutter. So didn't we say that it's made that way? It was like formed that way from the original maker of this vessel. So the says, no, my yotzer kein yotzer. It doesn't mean that he was the guy that the original manufacturer manufactured it with this method but rather it was done as a it, it done in a in a permanent way then that's enough even if it wasn't done actually by the altar but you did it yourself but you attached it properly with material you know you cemented it together that's good enough to be considered as if it's as, as if it was done by the manufacturer okay next there was this time, and this is Rebuda who's, who's trying to prove his opinion. We were sitting in these upstairs in, in Lud, and they brought out this contraption of an eggshell, and it was filled with oil, and they poked a hole in the bottom, and placed it that way over the candle. Tarfon was there, it was Canaan, and the elders were there. This is what we did, and nobody said boo. They, they had no problem with it. 
Amrlo, Misham Rai, you can't prove anything from that story. Shani Beznitza, this reason hang. Don't prove anything from, from Beznitza, they're extra careful. There's no, in other words, perhaps they allowed it over there because the concern that someone is going to help themselves to some of the oil doesn't exist in that limited circumstance where they're very careful. But in general, you tell people that this is an allowed thing, that's problematic. Okay, Oven Tzipora, that's a name of somebody. Garar Tzapsala Balisa Deshisha. So he dragged a, 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 a bench and, uh, and it was on a marble floor. Le'ila Merebi Yitzchak Ben Elazar, in front of Rebbe Yitzchak Ben Elazar. Amalei. If I don't talk up, then you know what? They're going to say that I said it's perfectly fine what you just did. Because that's exactly what happened with Rabbi Yehuda. They didn't say anything what the Rabbi Yehuda did. And Rabbi Yehuda derived from there that that's the halacha. I don't want this to happen. I don't want to, not on my watch. So therefore, Gezeira, Alisa, the Shisha, Ato, Alisa, Dalma. Since, uh, you know, it's, most floors are problematic. There are dirt floors in those days. So if I allow you to do it in a, in a marble floor, which is really is no concern, people will come to allow it in a, on a regular floor, and that's problematic because you'll be dragging it on a regular floor. Okay, Reish Kanishta de Batra, that's the, the head of the synagogue in Batra, he also dragged a, a, a bench by in front of Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabba. come on, Shimon. What you going with Shimon? Shimon never allowed a flat across the board rule that you can drag benches. He was talking about large benches that are very heavy to lift up. If it's a, if it's a small thing that's not a big deal to pick up then he, even he would say, of course you should pick it up and not drag it. Who says he allows it in a small thing? That's what Rabbi Yerim Baraba said. Now, this is disputing Ula. That, um, that they're arguing about small, light things. <laughs> but if it's really heavy, that it's too heavy for one person to actually pick up, unless you drag it, of course, even Rabbi Yudha will allow you to drag it across because it's too heavy. Master Rav Yosef, Rav Shimon, Omer Gur Adam Mita Kisa So Rav Yosef says, listen to the quote. Rav Shimon says you can, a person can drag a bed, a chair, and a bench. Okay, now, as long as it's not intentional to make a furrow, it's fine. Now, it's this is proving that we're not talking about big or little. We're talking about all sizes, okay? Because he gives a bunch of examples of multiple sizes. Doesn't matter. He allows across the board. Which is a question on both Ula and Rabbi Yirmiya Rabbah. So Gemara answers, Ula mitarz tamay, Rabbi Yirmiya Rabbah mitarz tamay. They both answer according to the positions. Right? When we said chair, we didn't mean a light chair. We meant a chair that's like a bed, meaning a heavy chair. Okay, okay, and uh, um, 
I skipped a line, right? Rabbi Yehuda Metaras Tamei, Ula Metaras Tamei. What did he talk about? Mitah Tomei Dekisa. He says the bed is similar to a chair. When we said a bed, we meant a light bed that's like a chair, right? And that's what he allows, okay? And Rabbi Yehuda says that it's only by uh, light that 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 that, 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 that Rabbi Shimon was matir, even by light things. He says, um, and. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, by heavy things, I switched it around. Ula says that, that you don't even need, uh, for only light things is requiring, is there, is, uh, if it's something light, according to Ula, if it's, uh, if it's a very light bed, then, then, every, then that's when you need Rabbi Yishima to allow it. But if it's very heavy, then even Rabbi Yehuda would allow it. So what type of bed are we talking about? A light bed that's like a chair. And Rabbi Yermir, Metaretz Tatamei, Rabbi Yermir Rabba will explain according to him, it's talking about a very heavy chair that's similar to a bed. And that's what requires Rabbi Shimon Tamatir, but he never allows it when it's actually light. Bottom line is, he wigg- they wiggled out of it. Masiv Rabba. So Rabba asks a question. The halacha is, is that people who are selling clothes, and the clothes have shanis in the clothes. They're allowed to sell even though they carry the clothes on their body, and it's fine. As long as you're not wearing the clothes in a way that's meant to give you benefit, that it's, I need it for the protection of the sun, in the sun, or for the protection of the rain from the rain, that's problematic, because then I'm actually benefiting from my shadness. And the people who are modest, they want trying to avoid shadness, uh, so then they carry it on a stick on their shoulder, specifically so as not to touch it directly. Okay. Um, everybody could do it that way. It's certainly possible to carry it on the stick for anybody. And you wouldn't benefit whatsoever. Which is basically saying that it's possible to move uh, to, to, to move without dragging. I could lift it up easily. And since it's a something that you're not necessarily, you don't intend to benefit from, Rav Shimon allows it. Even though it's which is this is a complete dispute to Rav Yirmiyarabah. Basically we're showing here that since it was not your intention to benefit from the Kalayim, it's okay for you to wear it that way, because it's not with the intent to bear it, and it's not a definite that you're going to benefit from it. And Rabbi Shimon says, anytime it's a Dover Shein Miskavin, it's something that was not your intent to benefit, it's perfectly permissible. Okay? Now, I just want to point out, there's an important question on this that you might be asking, is that, I don't understand, how is this, how are you allowed to sell Kalayim? Uh, this is we're talking about shotness clothes that we're selling to the pub, selling to the public. What's going on over here? So Rashi, not over here, but Rashi in Psachim, where this Gemara is also there, says that uh, actually, if it's something that's known that it has kliyim, there's nothing wrong with selling it to people because people will deal with it. You know what do you do? You take it to get checked for shotness. So in other words, if I am a, a suit store. And people always know that they have to check their suits. Um, as long as I'm not saying that, oh, by the way, there's no shanas in my clothes. I'm not saying that. You go check it out. You'll see if there's shanas. You get it fixed. 
but um, it's fine to sell and perfectly permissible to sell. The whole iser is to sell is only if it's something where it's not obvious that there's climb there. You know, the, the climb got hidden in there and there's no way to find it in an easy way. That's where it can be problematic to sell because they won't be able to find it. But in general, it is, uh, it is permissible to sell and that's what's going on over here. But the point being is a Dabrashen Miskavin is allowed regardless of whether it's easily avoidable that you didn't need to come on to that doesn't make a difference. Rav Shimon allows it as well. Anyway, this is a good stopping point. We'll start with the Mishnah for tomorrow's daf. And everyone have a great uh, evening. Okay, thank you very much.